another episode of witchy and weird podcast i am so excited we have our second guest here with us on the podcast um her name is angelica crashy and she is the high priestess of hades and a professional tarot consultant so i know like a lot of people do tarot but i really love angelica because she's just like i'm i'm here for hades i do deity work like if you want messages like specifically from him or things that relate to him like it's just i feel like it's very unique and i i know a lot of people work with deities but just like the way that you present the information you share the information the way that you like work with hades i think is really intriguing so i wanted to bring you on the podcast to talk about like deity work and like underworld work and things like that so welcome thank you so much yay i'm so excited to be here i appreciate that i actually didn't know that you did deity work yes i i don't know like i feel like i do deity work light (laughs) Like, like i'm just getting into it i started working with hikate but i don't know i feel like with deities it feels like I'm I'm interested, but not a lot of them. I'm like, this is the one that I really want to like work with. And mm-hmm. lately, um, for me, like Lucifer has been coming up. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should like really just step into this. I was interested in working. I worked with Anubis for a little bit. Um, yeah. And like, I also really like working with aliens and I feel like you don't, it's different when you work with aliens. So. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I don't think I've worked with an alien, but I've had like a little bit of an alien experience one time. Nice. Was it, was it scary? Was it cool? It was cool. It was basically like I was in a meditation and I had like a flashback to like a planet that I likely existed on. And I had like a name of the planet and um, what it looked like and then um, I looked it up after the meditation and it was it's an actual planet like it's an actual like sort of alien <laughs> starseed thing and I'm so not like into starseed stuff like I'm like really not that kind of person but I felt so like I just it just happened to me and I was like all right I guess I'm like was from another planet once upon a time nice so. yeah I feel like a lot of us have like alien DNA and we're not we're not like aware of it but anyways back on topic (laughs) um okay so dd work um i guess like i'd love to know like how you got started into deity work um and like if you're if you're i know like some of these things it's like i don't want to share all the details because it's like a sacred thing for some people but also like how you found like hades and decided like Mm -hmm. this is my this is my one patron person i'm gonna work with yeah well I'll share the deeds. We'll, we'll go into it. I, you know, with Hades, like, I like that you did mention that, like, 
he is sort of my, like, he's my patron. I'm very like dedicated to him, which I feel like, you know, and I work with other beauty as well, but he's definitely the most powerful presence. And I, and I wanted it to be. And recently, I think up in the last couple of years, I realized that um, he was really the the major entity in my life. And, um, you know, I'm still going to have other connections, but I just felt that that sense of devotion and, and dedication for Hades. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I have, I've had like a lot of experiences with him when I was a child, but I didn't really know who he was. I had like this imaginary friend that I would write stories about. Um, and I still, to this day, you know, use writing, um, writing poetry, devotional stuff, and just regular writing to, to honor Hades. So I think it's funny that when I was a kid, I would literally like write little short stories and I would like illustrate pictures. And it was always like this, this, you know, masculine figure with long, like black hair and like, he's wearing like a suit like every single time. And um, so I had that childhood connection to him. And then you know, when I was like 14 or so, um, I grew up really close to Salem, Massachusetts. So I would go into Salem with like some of my like older friends and we would just like hang out. We would walk up and down the streets and it was like super spooky and cool and fun. And I started going to like these outer court rituals, which is like Wicca and I don't identify as Wiccan. Um, I didn't, I don't think I ever really did. I just kind of went to these rituals because they were like the only uh, the only sort of public things that I could go to. And I started going to the outer court rituals and started seeing the way that people would, would practice magic in a serious way. And I always sort of had in the back of my head, I think I like watched some YouTube videos on it. And I had it in the back of my head that deity work and like pagan work was, was really closely linked. Um, and I know a lot of witches now don't, um, don't link that, but I just always had it in my head that those were like intrinsically sort of linked or at least for me like in my reality they were and so that's how it came up for me and um yeah and so my first my first desire really as a witch when I was like 15 or so 16 and I started like you know really researching and reading about it was all right I need to find like a patron or a matron I need to like get into it and Hades was always in the back of my head as someone I was interested in and that's when I started putting the connections together with like my imaginary friend when I was a kid and those short stories I wrote and all these experiences that I've had. And that's sort of how I, I decided to, to contact Hades in the first place. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Like, cause I think a lot of people, when they think about deity work, it feels like very daunting. And in a lot of the media representation, it's like, you have to give like a blood sacrifice or like sell your yeah. soul or something. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's nice to hear like, no, like there's signs and symbols and you kind of like realized, okay, this, this person, this deity is like calling to me. So I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to like give in and start working with them. So, yeah. um, I guess, so you did it when you were pretty young, 15, did you like, in that time when you started working with Hades, like, what was that like? How did that develop for you? Like, was it like, okay, I'm just here. I'm like doing rituals or do I have like a, maybe you had like a goal or something. Cause I know a lot of people will do deity work when they want to like manifest or, or, you know, like learn more skills and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I think I went into it in a really like pure organic way of like, I just want to make a connection with this, with this deity, with this entity. Um, yeah. If I remember, like I'm thinking back to this time and I'm putting myself in the headspace and I really wasn't like trying to do anything. Cause at the time, like, you know, I was like a teen. And so I was the mad, the type of magic I was doing was very like, you know, it was like, I was trying to do love magic and I was trying to like do all these <laughs> all these like strange spells where I would have you know you probably would have would contact other people for that like you know love deities or anything like that but um so I, I definitely don't think it was because of spell work I just sort of wanted this like astral like parent I don't know I think it just goes down to like I feel like I felt really um like un like not like I wasn't very cared for I guess I felt when I was especially when I was a teenager I was going through um I was going through a lot with with my parents and um especially my mother um and my dad was sort of there but he was always very like we didn't we weren't ever really close and so since I was going through so much with my mom it's like I almost didn't want like a feminine presence because I was like it would have just felt too maternal and I was almost trying to get away from that and so I feel like I was looking for like, yeah, like this, this protective celestial, like father figure and masculine just felt really good to me at that time. And I was like, yes, I want this. I need this. I need to get away from like the feminine energy. And, and so that was why I um, decided to contact like a, a masculine specifically. And I sort of had, um, I was thinking of contacting Odin and I was thinking of contacting Hades. And those were the two entities I was really looking to, to make a connection with. And I was like, all right, one of them, it's going to work out with. And I picked Odin because I really liked writing and I would always use writing to sort of communicate with other realms. And I, and I knew that. And so I was like, all right, you know, Odin does rule over writing and words and, you know, the way he like channeled the runes and everything. It felt very like, oh, this is, could be an alignment. Um, and then Hades, you know, I just always had this childhood connection to him. I love the myth and I love the Greek underworld. And so I was like, all right, let's like try these two. And Hades was the one that came through for me. And I, and I think I knew in my head, like Odin was sort of, if I'm thinking about this as like colleges and like Hades was sort of the one I knew I was going to go to. And then Odin was like Yale or something. I'm like, I'm just shooting my shot, but I don't know, but I know I really want to go to like, you know, go to the underworld with Hades. Um, so it made sense that he come, came through. Yeah. So speaking of the underworld, like, was it, cause I know a lot of people, especially if they like religious trauma, they're like scared to work with beings that come from the underworld. So like, was that like a fear for you or have you ever like navigated that? Or if you haven't, like, do you have advice for people who are like, Oh, I'm really drawn to like these underworld, like deities, but I'm scared. Like my soul will be like taken away from me or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was, I was raised like Catholic light. Like it wasn't hardcore Catholic, but there was still like the guilt and shame. It's like, we went to church maybe like four times that I can remember. Um, and we weren't, it was very performative. It, it, like I grew up in an Italian family and my mom was always like, okay, we have to like, we have to make other people think that we're like going to church and we're like Catholic, but we're not, we know all of us are not actually Catholic. We don't believe any of this. And so it was so, it was so performative and strange, but there was still that shame aspect of like, okay, like you know, that guilt, that like, you know, Satan, hell kind of energy. Um, and I remember when I was, when I was first getting into witchcraft, it really sort of um, made me panic a little bit. I was sort of like, oh my God, like, what if this happens? And then I realized that 
paganism and even, you know, like it was just a whole different worldview. And um, I think like the Wiccan covens that I did go to outer court rituals with did help me realize that it was a totally different worldview that like in, you know, if you're worshiping the pagan gods, if you're doing deity work with them, it's, you're not really in the same, like, this is how I thought then it's like, you're not really in the same realm as, you know, like the, the Christian pantheon, I guess you could say. And so that's how back then I sort of was like, okay, yeah, like I'm not even in that dimension. Right. So it's like, there's no fear of like Satan or, or hell or anything like that um and then it was funny yeah right because I then I ended up working with the underworld deities but it just felt like a very different place to me it didn't feel it didn't feel like the what I was taught about hell it, it felt very much different and it was like no no no. this is like where you know everyone goes when they die and you know it's it's a, a warm place for the most part and you know you're prepared for the next life and you're prepared for reincarnation there and it just felt like always a really beautiful place and and I had like had experiences when I was little like with like lucid dreaming and stuff like that where I felt like I was there and so I just always in the back of my head knew that the underworld like the Greek underworld was like nothing to fear it wasn't like hell even though societally it's sort of conditioned to, to look like that um so yeah so that's how I initially split up the two and now I you know it's I, I think more of like okay well I'm like Satan Lucifer like not a bad guy anyway hell's not a bad place anyway like I just think of it all very very neutrally now I'm like yeah everything is good um but and I have like no fear and, and no more dogma and it took me like you know maybe a year and a half to get rid of the dogma and then it was totally gone and I don't I don't I'm not um impacted by it anymore so I guess my advice would be um maybe if it helps for people that are really fresh out of it thinking of it as like two different spaces two different dimensions and then when you're ready um you can sort of morph them together um if that feels like it resonates if it doesn't if you still want to keep them separate then you know you can do that for really as long as you as you feel like you know is safe for you and that kind of thing yeah I really like that it's like hell and the underworld are separate like they have two different functions like mm-hmm. one is maybe if that's what you believe in it's like one is punishing one is not like whatever mm-hmm. like separation I like that okay cool so then like I guess in terms of deity work like how has that like transformed for you now because I feel like you've now built this kind of like authority and reputation around like deity work or at least like that's how it is in my mind it's like oh Angelica like totally go to you know go to her for deity work like she Mm -hmm. knows all about this stuff like people ask you I see on your social media like people are asking you questions like how do you start like what do you recommend and things like that so like how like how did you get there is that like part of like your goal to be known as like a deity work person or am I just like having you here on this podcast (laughs) I associate you with (laughs) yeah no I completely think that that's part of what I'm here to do um I actually got my business birth chart read recently by um Caitlin at um astrology for the seasons on Instagram and uh the reading was really great because it's like I hadn't looked into my business birth chart yet and it showed me that um a asteroid that stands for like devotion in, in astrology, the asteroid Vesta um, is in my 10th house in my career house in my business, which is like, 
you know, and, and Caitlin was like, yeah, that's like you being known for devotion, being known for your deity work. And so I was like, oh damn, it's like in, it's literally like in my business's birth chart. So I think that's why it comes through so prominently. And it's something that I love to talk about. Um, and I do feel like I'm unique in the sense that I know people that have connections with, with deities. I know tons of witches that do, especially ones that are online, but I feel like I just have such a, um, like I, I find such a profound, um, like such profoundness from my connection with Hades. And I get so much out of it that I want to be able to share that to others. And I want to talk about it a lot. And I want, you know, it doesn't have to be Hades for, for anybody. It can be whoever you want. And so I think that's why I do talk about deity work so much because it is just, it has helped me the most of any sort of pagan or witchcraft related practice that I've ever done. And it was sort of the first thing I was interested in. So I just feel like maybe it's sort of my fate to discuss it and to enlighten and provide content about it. Nice. I like that. So I'm curious, like, what is your current like relationship look like with your with your deities that you work with because I know like so many people have questions around and I know it's like different for everyone but like mm-hmm. so many people have questions around like how do you do it like how much should you communicate with them like all these types of things like I know people that they do it more like mentally they don't really have like a physical altar they check in with them that way they maybe mm-hmm. do like energetic offerings or things like that like what does it look like for you I guess yeah. Well, it definitely has its cycles um and its phases and a lot of it is just adaptive, you know what I mean? Like I feel like there have been times in the last year where I haven't been able to have an altar just either because I was doing traveling or was living in a different place than I usually do. Um and those were the those times felt felt really good and I was still able to have like you were saying, that sort of mental connection, that energetic connection, um, sometimes even more than, than when I, when I sit at the altar, I, I think for me, it goes in phases. So right now I, um, with Hades specifically, I work two altars to him. Um, one is sort of like my more public altar. And then I have like my personal altar to him, um, for the different sides of Hades. And that feels really good for me right now. But like six months ago, like I was saying, I had absolutely no altars whatsoever. I was just totally connecting with him energetically. Um, and that was amazing. I do like to connect with him on a schedule. So every Saturday I'll usually try to call um, him into ritual lately I've been working I've been doing I do readings I work in Salem and I do readings at a witch store in Salem so I've been I've been really busy doing that since it's October um, but I still try to like call at least go to his altar give him an offering on Saturdays which is the day that's associated with him as like his sacred day um, he falls under like a Saturn type of deity um, and yeah I give offerings to him talk to him recite his Orphic hymn. I have poetry that I like to recite to him. I also um, play my lyre for him, which is like a little harp. Um, and I try to do that a couple times a week. And it's fun, you know, I'm trying to learn how to play it anyway. So it's good for me, good for him. Um, I feel like it's so funny because, you know, those, I, I feel like it's like the stereotype of like Christians that are really into Christianity that like play like Christian music in the car and like sing along and I've always been like who does that but literally now I do that with Hades music like I listen to like Hades Town and other 
songs that I find that are like about Hades, like on Spotify and stuff like that. And I straight up listen to it in the car and like sing along to it, like just like a crazy like human, but I love it. Um, and yeah, so I really just try to make like do a connection with him every single day, um, whether it's singing to him, whether it's reciting stuff to him, doing stuff before I go to sleep, um, calling his energy down, going to his altar. It really changes day to day, but usually once a week, I like to sit down in like an official ritual where I sort of close a circle. And, you know, sometimes I don't really do anything. Sometimes I don't do any spell work or anything. I just sort of sit with his energy and practice sort of calling him down into the space and, and talking to him. Nice. Have you ever um, like gone into the underworld to like meet him? Yeah, I do. Um I do. I love it so much. I have, I do this a lot with my clients actually, where I take them in like visualizations and meditations into the underworld. Um, and I try to do it every once in a while too, because I feel like I facilitate it so much that I'm like, I gotta go down there one of these days and, and check it out. I feel like he pulls me down there a lot, like in dreams, um, without me even having to, to like, you know, instigate anything. Um, but I do, you know, I would say maybe once a month, I like to sit down in like a really long sort of ritual channeling meditation session um, where I just, you know, go into like a little bit of a trance or meditative state and, and I visit him. Sometimes he comes here. Sometimes I go down there um, and it's really, it's really great. So yeah, the underworld is a very vast place that I, I, I visit quite often and I have like um an astral altar in the underworld so like you know the under or rather um astral altars are you know you can sort of think of like you were saying like them as just places that you can go you know in your mind in the astral um that you can do your work at if you need sort of a space there and so sometimes in dreams I'll like wind up there and I'll sort of end up at this room that I've sort of created in the underworld um and he uses like palace and I have my altar there and do workings there sort of mentally a lot of the time too. I love that. I feel like that's very like ruler energy for you to be like, I have my own space, like even in the astral. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. That. yeah. Cause like I've done some work with not just deities, like different beings. And I find like meeting them on their plane is a lot easier because like they don't have to use a bunch of their energy to like come here to the human plane and like mm -hmm. be present in some way so it's always like way more intense and a little bit easier to connect with them um in my in my experience so I was just for sure what happened yeah. to you yeah so okay so for like the rest of this episode I'd love to like ask you questions so in the mm, my words are not coming out ask you questions around like how other people can do this and like your advice for them. Cause we've like covered kind of like how you do it. And mm -hmm. a big thing on this podcast is about like empowerment and like using your intuition to find like whatever way works for you. So I love mm -hmm. like talking to other people so they can, you know, listeners can be like, okay, cool. That's like one way that it's done, but like, you don't need to do whatever we talked about in this episode. Like you don't have to do exactly what Angelica does for deity work. Like, those are just mm -hmm. examples. Um, so if somebody is like interested in deity work, they've like maybe never done it before, like what would you recommend to them in terms of like maybe picking a deity? Yeah. Ooh, actually this is, I like that question because 
um, basically with picking a deity, um, you have to sort of remember that these deities aren't necessarily like omnipotent and they can't, they don't know everybody. They can't be everywhere. You know, when we sort of imagine like deity um, or God, we sort of think of this sort of like monotheistic, like all seeing entity. And for the most part, like deities don't really work that way. They're not really like all seeing or, or all powerful. You know, they, they sort of have power over their own spaces and their own realms and, and that sort of thing, but they don't, you know, not every deity knows who you are. So I would start out by making connections, talking to people that, you know, that work with different deities, um, you know, and just almost like, like, almost like you're trying to like go on a date with somebody and you're, you try to, you have to find someone to date, right? Like all the people don't know who you are. So you have to kind of put yourself out there. You have to like, you know, either get mutual friends to set you up with somebody. You have to, you know, go on Tinder. You have to like, you know, research people and try to find people. And that's what it's like with deities too. So it's like, you know, I would say if you're trying to, if you have like no idea who, who you want to work with, um, I wouldn't wait for them to come because unless you have like, this past life connection or this like childhood connection, like unless you've met this, this deity or entity before, they probably don't know who you are. And it's sort of like, you have many soulmates on the planet. You have many deity soulmates. There's lots of people that would be amazing for you to work with. And so just start like researching who that might be for you. You know, you can, I like to, you know, tell people to look into their childhood and see like, okay, what, were your favorite like types of movies characters like archetypes um you know for me I loved the princess bride when I was little and like I loved like Wesley and like he was this you know met the the guy with like the black mask and he was like the prince charming guy and it felt it feels really like in a way like Hades energy um so it made sense to me to kind of connect them but um yeah look look to your childhood see what you sort of liked what you were comforted by um you know, you can kind of, if you have really vivid dreams, you can look back on some dreams that you've had and see maybe even early dreams or reoccurring dreams, sort of where they take place, what's going on, what colors are there. And, you know, you can make connections from maybe what, what entities you would naturally get along with, or maybe ones that you've already met in the past. Um, And then you just start getting, getting out there and making connections and saying hi or, you know, asking your friend that works with like Venus or, or whoever it is, or Lilith, like to be like, Hey, like, can you like put in a good word for me with them? Or, you know, um, like I'm trying to connect with them. Like, would you, would you mind like telling them who I am? Like that kind of thing. And maybe some people like aren't down for it, but a lot of people will be. Um, and, you know, cause the deity has to kind of see, see you and know who you are to really come in and like sweep you off your feet and be like, yes, I want this mutual connection. Um, and so those are, those are my tips, you know, figuring out who you want to connect with. There's not one perfect person. It could be multiple people like coming up with a list over time, like over the next couple of months that you want to work with in contact, you know, maybe like three or, or more deities that you feel like could vibe. Um, and then maybe dedicating a couple of weeks to, to reaching out to them and seeing what happens, seeing any signs, um, trying to keep it compartmentalized like that. So you can keep track of who's trying to connect with you. And then, um, yeah. And then maybe talk to your friends that work with them. Yeah. And something that came up for me when you were talking was like, 
maybe even looking into like your culture or your ancestry. Like mm -hmm. I know like my, I have Jewish culture. So like anything from the Torah, which is like the old Testament, like those people like are in my culture and things like that. Cause I know there's some deities that like, it's a closed practice, like be careful <laughs> who you're working with. Um, yeah. So I just want to say that, like I've read some stuff that it mostly with voodoo and that has mm. my mind. So, um, Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So cool. So you you found a deity that you like, or maybe a few that you like. Then what would be like your next steps? Like I know some people feel like it needs to be okay. I need to like profess my devotion to them and make a promise and a pact, or or pro you know like something like that feels very finite. And I think at least for the people that I've spoken to who have like the religious background or religious trauma, like that's the part that feels like scary to them is like mm -hmm. if I communicate with them then I'm initiating some kind of like agreement and I feel mm -hmm. like um as someone who works in the spirit world like the spirit world is very receptive to like boundaries and consent and stuff so I want I want to know if you have like anything to say to elaborate on that for sure yeah I would say for for the most part deities respect those boundaries and respect um you know, if you're not, if you don't want to jump into like making any sort of packs. And I, and I would say don't um, for a while because, you know, like it's sort of like dating too. It's like you, you know, it's like the honeymoon phase and you're like, I love this deity or maybe, or maybe it's the opposite where you're like, yeah, like there's, you know, we connect, but again, I'm not fully ready to like hop right in. And, and I would say for both people, like if it was a dating situation, if one of my friends was like, I'm in love with this person. And one of my friends was like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm still figuring out the relationship for both of them. I would give them the same advice of like, well, just give it, give it a, you know, a couple months, give it a couple years before you're really making that commitment. I really like to think of devotion to a deity and like making those hard and fast sort of packs as like marriage kind of you know it's it's something that is beautiful and you kind of come to the uh you, the agreement together and you know sometimes it doesn't have to be like till death do us part it can be like all right we'll work together in a devotional relationship for the next couple of years until you know something changes so it's just like you know basically making that next step and so think of it like dating um you know you can go on dates and with this deity and and flirt with them and and have them help you with spells and you know exercise those love languages um and talk to them and all that kind of stuff without there being any commitment um and sometimes deities don't want the commitment either because they're like you know they they want people who are really like to you know they want devotions that are really from the heart and not half-hearted and they can you can kind of like piss people off like if if you're like okay I'm going to devote to this deity this week and then next week or in the next few months I realized that it wasn't maybe the best thing to do and I kind of realized I did it hastily you know the deity will sort of sometimes will sort of be kind of annoyed like well you know like we made this connection and so I would say um you know, deities want you to be serious with them as well. And a lot of the times that it doesn't include devotions, doesn't include packs until much, much later where like everyone feels good about it. Um, so I would say the next step after you've found somebody that you want to work with is just talking to them all the time or in situations that you feel like 
um, are appropriate. So, you know, if, if you find a deity that you, you like really vibe with and it almost feels like this friend energy, you know, start talking to them about your daily life and, get, and, you know, let them get to know you. And maybe it can be more conversational. If you feel like there's a lot of reverence that you have for this deity, or maybe you, you know, you've heard things about them that they're a little bit more like serious, um, then, you know, speak to them a little bit more, um, I guess, professionally or, or like, I don't even want to use the word really respectfully. Cause it's just like, it, you know, I think it implies things about, you know, what, what our society thinks is respectful and that sort of thing. But, you know, just, just trying to like use their titles if they have any, like, um, you know, like Hades likes to be called Lord Hades when you're talking directly to him. Um, especially if you don't really know him yet. Um, so being, being sure you, you're aware of, of how they like to be spoken to, and that sort of situations, but just, just start chatting, just start talking to them, you know, telling them about you, telling them about your life and why there's a connection here. Or if you feel like they really called out to you, like they're leaving you a lot of signs, then you can come to them and say, Hey, you know, you're, you're really reaching out to me. How, how would you like to work together? You know, what, what do you have to offer me? Um, and what can we do together? You know, why do you, why do you like me? Like I can kind of be reciprocal like that. Um, and you know, you can literally just say words to them and you know, you don't, they don't need to respond to you like, you know, clairaudiently or, or claircognizantly. They can, um, they might not, uh, you can use pendulums, you can use tarot decks. Um, I would say if you find a deity that you really like to work with, like you find them, you're working with them consistently, then try to get like a specific divination tool, like a specific pendulum or a specific tarot deck that you can use with just that deity. Um, and then you're kind of giving them like, like almost like you would give them like a statue or like an altar. It's like, you're giving them a way to talk to you by consecrating like a deck just for them. And it's sort of this gesture of like, kind of like when you put like a toothbrush in your house for like your your boyfriend or like the guy that you're seeing, you know, it's like, Oh, like, this is like, I'm putting this here for you to use when you're here. It's sort of that energy. I'm just going to use the, the analogy of dating like, for the whole podcast. Cause that's honestly how I see it. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Um, so what would you say for people? Like, I know there's a lot of like fear around deity work. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've heard a lot, like on TikTok, is like making sure the deity is who they say they are because like they could be like a trickster or like a demon or something else instead so like Mm -hmm. I'd love to know like your opinion on that for sure yeah so let me tell you a story about something that happened to me once and it was it's it's funny story so basically I was trying to connect to Hades for one of the first times ever and I was trying to really call him into a meditation space and this is back when I was like again I was like 15 so I didn't know about casting circles and I, so I was totally open hundred percent and I was doing a meditation and, you know, in this meditation, it was like a guided one where I was like walking in a forest and Hades was going to be at the end basically. And I was going to see him and we're going to get together. And I remember walking down and just out of like one of the trees in the meditation pops like a guy. And I was like, hi, who are you? And he was like, oh, you know me. Um, I'm Hades. And I was like, yeah, no, like you're definitely not Hades. Like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, all right, you caught me. I'm not Hades. I'm Loki, but I think I would, I think you, you and I will get, would, we'll get along and we should talk. And I know Hades is like waiting for you up there, but like, how about we 
get together because like I can I can vibe with that like I can be like underworld zaddy if you want you know this is Loki talking and (laughs) and I remember just being like all right Loki like I'm not interested I appreciate it but we're good and then you know I was like can you please leave and then he left luckily and then we went to talk to Hades but um you know it taught me that yeah like I should have a little bit of protection again like it wasn't like a demon or like an like a you know spirit it was just Loki um but you know when you are calling out to these multi-dimensional entities it's like you're setting you're setting up these vibrations that you're like open and you want to make channels and so things like that are around your area like your local like ghost that's like down the street in someone's closet it's going to be like oh what's going on over there like a couple doors down and so that can totally happen um and so it doesn't need to be crazy it doesn't need to be um elaborate like you don't need to have like you know like horseshoes all around you or anything you can literally just cast a really basic circle with like something like an athame or a wand or just your hands, just casting a circle, calling in protection, you know, imagining, um, you know, something around you that's a sort of a barrier method. Um, And then another thing I like to do is I like to try to use multiple names to call in these entities that I'm working with. So whenever I, um, and I do this like, because any entity that's going to pretend to be Hades, um, if I say really specific names of Hades and what Hades likes to be known as, then it just cuts out the possibility that an entity could be trying to like mimic that. And so, for example, um, Hades is called the All Receiver. He's called um, Alebolus. That's one of his his names. It means good counselor. Um, he's called Pluto. Um, he's you know he has a lot of different titles. And so when I call him and I. I I say, um, I am calling in the truest Lord Hades, the Lord Hades, who is my father, my patron, Alebolus, who is the, the um, ruler of the underworld. And so you're being really specific as to who, who's coming in. And I like to use me as a reference, like my father, my deity, you know, <laughs> and then it really like cuts it out. And I've never had an experience with, um, with like an entity or, or anything trying to be Hades other than Loki. He's the, he's the only time it happened. And it only happened when I was 15 and I didn't cast a circle and I knew nothing about protection methods when it came to magic. So yeah, just be really specific. Yeah, I love that. Like we have a whole episode on energetic protection. There's tons of ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, I just wanted to ask that question. I mean, like, cause I feel like that's a big, like scary piece for people. And it's like, no, it's not like as intense as it needs to be, like just set your boundary, like be specific about who you're calling in. Like I've heard people say like, do your research on like the deity. So like, if you do feel like it's a trickster, like you can like Mm -hmm. ask them defining questions. And I think like knowing their titles is part of that, right? Like you can weed out a lot of that by knowing the titles. That's awesome. Okay. So, hmm. I guess, so we've gotten to the point of like picking your deity, working with them. Um, I guess like my question would be, what is your definition of like the difference between just like working with a deity or like having a patron deity? Yeah, for sure. Well, for me, I knew that the second I started working with Hades, I knew there was just this really deep connection and that he was you know, I just felt like this, this fatherly energy over, over with him over me. Like, I just felt like he had that role. And so I always sort of knew in the back of my head, like the word, like father, the word patron would, would always come up when I would think about him. 
And so that really clued me in on maybe the type of relationship that me and Hades had. Um, and then there's been other deities that I've worked with. Um, and, and, you know, I'll use my sister for an example, cause she works with many other deities and I do, she works with like a whole, whole ton of them. Um, and for her, it's like, she has one, she works with a lot of masculines too. And she has one masculine that she feels that fatherly energy from, um, and for her, it's Tyr, who's in the Norse pantheon. Um, and he sort of has like one hand um, and he's like the God of justice and a partial God of war. And so she's always felt like that Tyr was always there for her and had that fatherly role. Um, but then she works with like Hephaestus. She works with um, a couple other deities that um, just feel like friends or feel like that just come up for her a lot. Um, and so she you know, I think she's a good example of someone who, who just knew that like one right off the bat or like within the first couple months of working with him felt more like a patron vibe. Like, I feel like I descend from you or I come from, you know, spiritually, like astrally, I sort of come from you. Um, and then there's others that are more just like people that she works with and reveres and uses in spell work, but um, doesn't have that real strong, like family connection to. Um, and then there's people that, you know, there's, there's deities that, that I know aren't my mother or father, like my patron or matron, but, um, I do feel sort of this, this deep connection to, but it's sort of like, I guess the best way to describe it is you just kind of feel like if you descend from them, you know, you just sort of feel this familial connection. And then there'll be other entities, um, that, you know, you love and like, they love you, but it's more like just friends or it's more like, we don't, we don't come from the same place, I guess you could say. So that's, that's kind of how I see it. And then I think you can have like, you know, an entity that you feel like, or a deity that you feel like is your father and you know that he is without really devoting to them yet. You know, I think devotionals are, a, are another step. Like you can sort of recognize that this person is most, likely your father um in a celestial astral way um without saying okay I'm gonna make a, a pact to you to really like worship you for for my lifetime or for a certain amount of years um I, I think it usually follows you know because that's sort of part of respecting um the the deity especially one that you know you're sort of like really closely um connected to I think it's definitely part of it but um it's something that you can recognize before you do devotionals Mm -hmm. I like that so I don't know this question keeps coming up into my mind and it's like a little bit out of left field but I mean if it's yeah. up, I should ask it what would you say is like the difference between like working with the deity or accepting them as a patron or like calling in a deity as like a spirit guide Ooh, I really like that question um yeah I mean I think I really like that because I think you're right that like a lot of deities um, and I think just characters in mythology feel um, like they have much more of that spirit guide role. Um, one of my spirit guides is Chiron, or, uh, not Chiron, sorry, that's a centaur, um, Sharon, the ferryman of the underworld. <laughs> I get their that's why I thought of being that. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> Sharon, the ferryman of the underworld. And he's one of my spirit guides. And he's, you know, technically um, like a Titan god. So he, he technically is a deity, but he has more of this ascended master kind of role to him. Chiron's actually another 
um, technically deity, like Titan God, that he's a centaur in Greek mythology that has um, sort of a more of a spirit guide flavor to him. So I think, um, I think that any entity and deity that you're working with can be coming in as more of a spirit guide for you. I think it's more like how they show up for you. Um, and I think it's also maybe about their mythology. Like if they're, if they tend to help humans a lot or work with humans a lot in mythology, um, like Chiron does and Sharon, you know, Sharon is always ferrying humans in and out of the underworld and sort of advising them. Um, I feel like Hermes can sometimes take on a little bit more of a spirit guide role um, just because, you know, he's sending messages to and from everybody. And, you know, he works, you know, very closely with the earth, earth realm and the mortal realm. Um, so sometimes he can come up a little bit more in that way where he's like always kind of coming in and out to like give you a heads up on things in much more of like a spirit guide kind of way. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's the perfect, um, you know, that's why we don't devote to everyone and we do, everyone's not our patron is like, you know, the, the, there might be a, a deity that comes in for you, like Hermes or whoever, um, where you're like, yeah, I feel like we're friends and they help me a lot. And there's this really strong, maybe like lifetime connection to them, but it just feels like you said, like more like a spirit guide, more advisory, um, like guidance counselor kind of energy. I don't know. And so, yeah, I, I think just like use your intuition with that. And this is the beauty of polytheism is like, you can have all of these things at, at once. You can have like your advisor, you can have, you know, your patron, you can have, you know, your harem of other deities that you work with, you know, it can be, you can bring everyone together. Um, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had some clients where like a deity will reach out and they're like, I feel like it's a spirit guide, like, mm -hmm. but they still do, they still feel drawn to like leave them offerings and things like that. So it's like, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a hybrid or, or maybe it's like a safer way in your mind to be like, okay, I'm not like doing the scary deity work, but I'm still like deciding that I want to work with this person and listen mm -hmm. to them and, and For sure. advice from them. So I really like that. Um, I'm just curious, like, do you have, like, any, like, wild deity stories or, like, something that you're, like, oh, this is a good thing I want to share? Yeah. Ooh, I have so many, like, <laughs> wild experiences that I've had. Um, let me see. I mean, the one that really does stand out is um, the initial moment of meeting Hades, um, where I really just vividly felt his presence. And so I'll tell the story. Um, basically, it was like actually a couple of nights after the Loki thing happened where I was like, okay, we got the circle going. Now we know how to cast the circle. Um, we're ready to do another meditation. I remember it was my birthday. So it was like a really chilly, like January night. And like the wind was sort of whipping outside and, you know, it was sort of spooky. And um, basically, I sat down to do the meditation and I remember really vividly like I had like a fluorescent light in my closet and that was the like I was listening to the buzzing of it and that's sort of what I was focusing on to getting in to getting into this sort of trance state this meditative state and you know I, I decided I was like okay I really want to meet Hades I really want him to, like to him to come through and so I was chanting his name and sort of like vibrating his his name and his energy and um, then, you know, I started in my mind's eye to sort of like see myself 
in like a tunnel or in like a mine. Like it felt like I was like underground and then like a mine shaft. And um, I felt like I was, I was almost like in like a, like a cart sort of like going down. I could feel like, like an elevator, like going down and down and down. And then I could feel like literally in the room, because I had kind of like one foot in, in the room, in the, you know, I could see what was, or not see, but I could feel what was sort of happening around like my physical body. I wasn't like out of body yet. Um, but I could just feel like, like wind in my room and it was like hot wind. And I could, I knew it wasn't from outside, you know, cause none of my windows were open in the first place. It was like January and like, it felt hot. And I'm like, all right, this wind isn't, if it was coming from outside, it'd be like ice cold. And I was like, what is this feeling? And it was so um, like, it made my hair stand up. It was so vivid. And then I literally heard like things in my room, like come crashing down. Like, like I had like a water bottle on the, on my, um, desk I had like pictures on the wall that were coming crashing down and I was like this is wild and crazy and I was like totally into it though I was like all right I'm ready (laughs) I'm ready for it but I was I was kind of scared I mean it was a scary experience but in a good way and you know then um I just you know I went into the underworld I saw the underworld for the first time and and I felt like literally felt hands on my shoulders um behind me like I could tell Hades was was behind me he wasn't he didn't want to like show himself but he was behind me and he was kind of showing me around the underworld and I was seeing like, you know, he took my hand and I was kind of like seeing his hand and it was, it was so beautiful. And uh, that was the first time I met him and it was just so vivid and like physical. And then I, you know, I kind of came out of the meditation and um, noticed that, yeah, things were off my walls and it was wild. Yeah. So I, I was like, all right, that is one of those spiritual experiences that my ego cannot possibly try to tell me wasn't real. Like, <laughs> that's amazing like I always want that kind of experience where it's like things are moving in my space and it's like never the case for me like more Mm -hmm. for me like because of my psychic stuff like I sense them like I'll see them out of the corner of my eye or something like that and I'm like that's cool but like I want there to be the physical proof (laughs) so that's awesome that that happened for you like especially as like your first time it's like okay there's no doubting that this is fake, that this is real, whatever it is, like, that's amazing. Um, Wow, that's cool. Speaking of that, like, what would you say for, like, people who don't have those crazy experiences who may be, like, okay, am I just, like, is it in my head? Like, I did a bunch of research about this person, so I'm just, like, imagining what they would look like. There's so many images out there, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say about that is, you know, like you were saying, like, I'm really happy that that happened to me the first time because it, it gave me like, okay, be like with no shadow of a doubt, this is what is happening to me. This is, this is real. This, this happened. Um, and I think maybe on, since I sort of have this really strong path with Hades where I'm like working with him, I'm channeling with him now, you know, I'm doing like work with him all the time. Um, I think it was like necessary for me to really go through that, to have that, that moment. Um, and I think that's why it happened. That's I think why he came to me so strongly is he's like, Oh no, no, like you are not going to have any doubt about this or about me. Like you're here now. And, and I'm glad like, it's time to like, do, it's time to get to work. Um, but I think, you know, just realizing that like your relationship and your sort of role um, with the work that you do with your deities, you know, is so varied and, you know, like, I think, 
you know, not every, like you said, not everyone's going to have those experiences. And, and I don't a lot anymore, you know, cause it's just like, okay, I know what we're doing. Like I have those psychic connections and that's really good. There doesn't need to be like any performative sort of action from, from the deity almost to show him that he's here or show me that he's here. Um, so I would say just notice the small things that happen because your ego really does try to rationalize experiences because it's a protection mechanism like your mind like your egoic mind doesn't want there to be entities and deities out there because it's terrifying and it it puts us into like fight or flight sometimes and they're just you know it's just a lot for our sort of ego to handle that there are these other levels of of you know um of reality that there's these other dimensions other places where these you know these huge um, multi-dimensional entities exist. And so we just try to tell ourselves that it doesn't exist and that it, you know, we haven't experienced anything. And so next time, like for the listeners, it's like next time you have a really vivid dream or you feel like you had a visitation or you felt like a presence in the room, you know, when you did a ritual or, you know, there was sort of a sign or you, you know, your candle flame flickered. Don't let your ego talk you out of it and say like, oh, well, you know, I just had a visitation by them because I was up late reading, you know, um, like Lore Olympus or whatever. Like, you know, it's probably like they, they actually, you were reading Lore Olympus. They saw that you were trying to connect with them, trying to connect with their story. And then they were like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity for me to come in and, and show up. You know, they're already sort of thinking about me. They'll be receptive to, to what I have to to say. So, um, yeah, just don't let your ego, your ego is trying to protect you, you know, so, so don't be like hard on yourself in that way, but just, just notice the things when they happen and don't let yourself self doubt. Don't let yourself write them off as just something that your mind created because that's just what, that's what your mind wants you to think, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think like, it's, like a a counterpoint like a contrary thing like if your ego is like no 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 this isn't it's like well why were you drawn to that book in the first place like why have you been looking up images about this deity like obviously there's has to be like some kind of need for the connection or they're calling to you so then the next step if you like you said you feel them in the room you see them in a dream like that's not like coincidence it's like you were already like calling them to you by like interacting with them in some way so that's just like the natural next step so yeah I really love that Mm, so good okay so this was an amazing chat thank you for coming how can like people reach out to you follow you like what are your current offerings for people right now yeah so I'm really active on Instagram so you can find me at Angelica S. Krishi on Instagram um Twitter too. I'm just at Angelica Creasy on Twitter. I've been doing a lot of tweeting lately. Um, and yeah, and then my website is riverstickswitch.com and it's, you know, spelled um, R-I-V-E-R-S-T-Y-X and then witch.com, the river in the underworld. Um, and yeah, my current offerings, I, let me see, House of Hades Society probably would have just closed um in late October but that's like my Hades um cohort group for people that want to like 
really jumpstart that connection with him. And it's sort of like a transformation group container as well. We're using his energy to transform for the next six months. So if it's still open, you know, hit me up for it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I do my, my signature reading is called the earthwork reading. And basically I do astrology and I do tarot and I look into your fate including like your fated career, um, your soul's desires in this lifetime, what you're sort of like here to do. So it's a really like potent and powerful way to start working with me. Cause we get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, what's, what's your fate? What's going on with that? And, you know, I do that, that reading, um, with Hades, um, you know, Hades is really fascinated by people's fates and helping people like live lives that they're proud of. Um, you know, that's, that's really what he loves to do for humans. And so, um, yeah, the earthwork reading is really popular. And then I do witchcraft coaching, you know, if you need help with your, your deity path, if you really liked these tips and you want, you know, my eyes specifically on you and on your relationships to deity, um, we can, we can get together and do that. That's so awesome. Have you ever like worked with um I don't know if they're real I'm just thinking about the Disney Hercules movie but like the fates like the three old ladies that share the eye like have you ever done that in one of your readings yeah I you know I haven't channeled them specifically but Hades um has a really like strong connection with him like Hades knows what the fates have woven for people you know so I basically that's what I asked Hades to, to tell me. Um, and so instead of going straight to the fates, because they're like Titans, they're a little, they're not, the all the Titan gods in the Greek pantheon, for the most part, Hecate is sort of an exception, um, aren't like super keen on talking to humans for the most part. Um, they're just sort of a little bit more primordial and they're sort of like, who, who is this? That's, that's what the Olympians are for, is for contacting humans. Um, and so Hades sort of does that for me. So I say, Hey, Hades, what do we have for this person? You know, what do you, what do you in the fates really want to say? And then he sort of relays that to me. That's awesome. I feel like I could just keep asking you questions. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I said, I haven't done a lot of DD work. So I'm like, Oh my God, tell me if this TikTok like rumor is true or not. Like, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, thank you for being on here and talking about DD work. Um, I'll put all of your information in the show notes. So mm -hmm. people are like, wait, how do you spell that again? Like, what is it? They have all that there for you. Um, and yeah, like, I'm really excited, maybe even having you on again to talk more about like, maybe Haiti specifically or the underworld. Um, and I know that you're thinking of starting a podcast. So like whenever that comes out, people can listen to you like, you know, directly about whatever it is that you're going to talk about. I know it's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. And so just wanted to say goodbye to everybody and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Witchy and Weird Pod. If you want to stay up to date on all the latest and greatest, follow us on the socials under Witchy and Weird Pod. And if you want to stay in contact with our host, Amanda, follow them on IG under Amanda Sakatop Intuitive and Twitter and TikTok under Amanda Sakatop. And if you love Witchy and Weird Pod and want to support all that we do, become a patron and get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on merch, bonus content, and woo-woo experiences. As usual, everything is linked in the show notes. Bye! If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. 
You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or, if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash wishyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!